Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in to our fourth episode of 2023 of Everything Under the Sun as we get ready for the second weekend in February. For many, it's a holiday weekend as the Super Bowl will be played for the 57th time at the end of the American pro football season, crowning the champions of the NFL. There are many great storylines, but once again, weather will not be one of them as the game will again be played indoors at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. With weather being a factor in so many much of the NFL season leading up to the championship, I wanted to talk to someone who played in and won four Super Bowls back when the game numbers were in the single digits and low teens, back through between Super Bowls 9 and 14. He is legendary Penn State and Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker and now broadcaster Jack Kameny joins me to talk about how things are so much different for the players of his era to today and some thoughts about this weekend's contest and football as a whole. Friends, sit back and relax. It's Time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. He's a member of both the college and pro football Hall of Fames. He started his career at Penn State, earned All-American honors, and helped lead the Nittany Lions into the beginning of that national prominence in the late 60s into 1970. He was a second-round selection by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1971 and won their starting linebacker spot as a rookie and never looked back. Eight times to the Pro Bowl, six of those as a first-team selection, and he and his teammates won a Super Bowl a total of four times in his career after he retirement. He moved into broadcasting for years, has teamed with folks both uh, college and pro games on radio for Westwood One. That's when I first got to actually meet him. And then early, I think, 2000, Penn State had the good sense to make him our color analyst for Penn State football. And through that work and Jack's love of the weather and the Penn State Blue Band, he loves the Blue Band. And so that makes him a great honor that he's one of my football heroes that has become my friend. Jack Ham, it is great to have you here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Well, Dean, thank you for that great introduction. And uh, it seems like you know more about me than I know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I've studied you a little bit, Hammer. I, I certainly have. You know, the, the premise of this is we get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. To me is, you know, I look back at the old films and, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s when weather was allowed to be part of the equation, even at the Super Bowl. You know, now everything's so sterilized, especially when we get to these big games. They seem to be more in line with playing them indoors or in a dome, those kinds of things. But also overall, Jack, the game has allowed the players to not have to deal with the elements like you did when you were a player. How do you feel about that? Do you kind of feel uh, like the, these younger guys maybe have it a little soft, not having to deal with some of the elements that you did? Uh, is, is that something you think about when you look down at the field? 
Well, I guess the biggest thing for me, Dean, is the fact of when I when I go down to Houston, I've been down there a number of different times. Uh, I played in I played in the Houston Astrodome, not to date myself, but uh, and you talk about hitting, getting hit. I mean, that is like concrete. The, Ooh, yeah. the old Astrofields that we've had, and uh, you know, I played against Earl Campbell down there a number of different times, and you get bounced around on that artificial turf at the Astrodome, which was one of the first ones, first right. artificial turf arenas. And it is, it's a wonder we didn't have more concussions in the, in, in that era because of the fact you're, you're getting bounced to your head, your helmet hits the ground. And like you see guys getting concussions here today. And, uh, I marveled the fact that we, we got through that era, but the biggest thing is two things. It's the, obviously the field number one. And you know, today it's like all the stadiums are kind of like Beaver stadium. You know, you only use, they're all, you know, in great condition, uh, you don't have to worry about footing and all those kind of things. And, and back then we had to worry about all those kind of things. You had to wear a longer cleat. And if you wore a longer cleat, you're more susceptible to a knee injury. So a lot of things went into play, but the other thing is the gloves they have today. You know, I ended up in my career with 37 interceptions in, in the NFL. If I wore those gloves that they mm. have today for receivers and linebackers and defensive backs out there, right. And they are like flypaper. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Even Super. without stick them, right. Which is not legal exactly. anymore. Right. Fred, if Fred Belitnikoff in the world would have had so many more catches because you know, you're right. He was the guy who, who I think invented this stick for everybody to use. And that was, we tried to use, but uh, these gloves are so tacky. And I go to the Penn state uh, locker room equipment room and I get a pair of those sometimes and go outside and catch a football from the, uh, the, the, the gun. And it is just absolutely amazing. And so uh, those are the things, you know, the technology of, of what guys can wear right now. And you know, you're right about the, and then the fields, uh, those two things uh, that I look at today, I don't even try to tell the player, the young players here at Penn State about back when because right. you start a statement with that and they just kind of zone you out. Yeah, so, the, uh, the the eyes glass over and they're like, uh, what are you oh. talking about, old man? Come on. I mean, uh, we have it rough. We, we, we get training meal only once a week sometimes, right? I know. Uh, you know, when you look at the preparation, though, I mean, you guys had to prepare. You didn't have indoor practice facilities, so you were always basically outside back in that day. Do you think that made you actually tougher when it came to actually having tough conditions to play in the fact that you you had no respite from it like now they can practice indoors if the weather's bad and then certainly with all the technology and on the sidelines the heated seats the the misters and all that kind of stuff i mean the fact that you had to practice in such bad weather at times probably made it easier to play in that kind of bad weather when it came well, down to oh, it yes without, without a doubt i mean it, it, the idea of here in pittsburgh i mean when, when the weather you got got bad and uh, nothing changed in your practice. The you know time out in the field with Chuck Knoll here in Pittsburgh, you dealt with it. And then for the most part, I think you're exactly correct. I think you get you get conditioned towards it. And then especially we played two playoff games here in January. We loved the fact that Houston had to come up here and play against us in the mm. AFC games two times in a row. And the one game it was raining at the beginning of the first half. And then the second half, it got really, really cold. And actually, at the end of the first half, you had almost like ice on your football pants and shirt because Ooh. it was so wet and so cold. And then the thing that we felt in the locker room, because we could change in the locker room if we were playing at home, 
the Houston team who, who, who plays indoors all the time down there at the Astrodome. I thought uh, this was going to be an easy game, and it was. We ended up winning 34 to 5 and took advantage of the fact of the, the weather. And, uh, you know, it, it, Dean, you're kind of right. It, it kind of toughens you in the sense of you don't let any of that, especially mentally, bother you in the game. And we end up winning 34 to five in that championship game here in Pittsburgh. And uh, I don't think any guy in our locker room at halftime thought that Houston was going to come back against us. And, they, and Kenny Burroughs, the wide receiver who, who runs routes, he had a, he had his hands in his pockets while oh. he was lining up with wide receivers. So we didn't think he was going to catch too many passes that way. <laughs> I, I mean, we should mention that Jack grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So, you know, went to school at Penn State, then played his career at Pittsburgh. So, I mean, Pennsylvania in the late fall, early winter, uh, it, it can be bad. And you talked about one of those playoff games. Any other either Penn State games or Steelers games that you remember specifically because of the weather in those uh, in those environments? Yeah, I, I think one game, I think uh, at Penn State, and I, I think it got changed. The game got changed on the schedule because of TV or whatever the case may be. But we played Syracuse uh, when Bob Campbell, I think, set a record for rushing yards in the game, in that one game. We played an early December game in at Penn State where it was bitterly cold. Uh, and uh, we were able to, you know, the, the field is, you know, you know, as hard as a rock out there when it's frozen like that. And we, again, a game where we were accustomed to, it, although Syracuse was as well at that time, there was no dome stadium in Syracuse, uh, and uh, we ended up winning that football game. But that was probably only the really coldest game I ever played at Penn State, and and the one here in Pittsburgh, which I talked about. The following year, we we played in the AFC Championship game against the, the Raiders, where they accused us of, of icing the sideline so the receivers could not run any any uh, pass route. <laughs> and you know, we may have done it. So you know, who, who knows? You're you're, you're but, denying uh, you're denying knowledge of that, right? It's your plausible yeah. deniability with that ham, right? Oh, John John Madden and Al Davis accused our, our groundskeeper here at the at that time, Three Rivers Stadium of actually making sure that it was wet along the sideline. And it was it was like an ice skating rink out there during the game. We ended up winning that game as well. But uh, the second the game against the Raiders here in Pittsburgh was the, one of the coldest. And then the one at Penn State, I think I was a, probably a sophomore when we played that game. And uh, you kind of remember those cold games. I, in Pittsburgh, it, I remember Jack Lambert trying to, uh, at halftime, trying to warm up. And, you know, we're trying to change all the, all your equipment and all your shirts you have, they're all wet. And he's in, uh, back in those days, uh, yeah, I could see him having, he had a cigarette at halftime. <laughs> oh man. How times have changed, right? I looked over, it's not exactly one of those things you want to put on sports illustrated. You there know? you go. Right. <laughs> this, this is the picture of the actual pro athlete. You know, it's crazy <laughs> that, uh, that think that oh, we certainly wouldn't see that today. Um, Jack, do you think that there's a problem in competitive situation when, you know, during the regular season and up until now, uh, the Super Bowl, I mean, almost always the Super Bowl is going to be in a place where either they don't need a dome or if it's in a place that is a little bit uh, marginal, it will have a dome. 
But, you know, the weather can be a huge factor during the regular season. And even in some of these playoff games, we've seen the weather be a factor. Is it is it good, okay to you? Back in your day, it wasn't that way. The, the, the stadiums weren't as protected and you actually may have had to play the Super Bowl in a bad weather. Is that a, is that a problem for you? Or is that just me as an older guy that says uh, these guys, it, it's a little different, right? I don't know. You know, you know, you know what, it, it, you're thinking back, it, it, it can be a problem. I, I, our first Super Bowl was against Minnesota. We played it because the Superdome was not ready in, in New Orleans because of construction right. overrun or whatever. And so we played a two-lane stadium, which was it was a bitter rain, you know, it was kind of cold day in in, uh, in uh, New Orleans for that game. But uh, you know, but for most of the part, because the Super Bowl is just that one game, one time, you you want to make sure it's probably balanced and and there is weather. For most players today, especially quarterbacks, I think the thing that bothers them the most is wind. Uh, they, they can adjust to uh, you know it being cold out there for the most part. You know, you see guys that up in Buffalo play all those games up there that they're pretty much uh, used to that kind of a of a weather situation. But uh, the thing that quarterbacks can't even you know either with the wind or against the wind, it's very very difficult if you're a team that loves to throw the football. Those are things that today and even in my era were the big factors because you just really had a hard time adjusting to it. And like I said, the Raiders, when we played them, they were more of a passing football team, a little bit more like today's offenses as well. So, But you want that, you want that to be kind of not a factor because it's not like, it's not like uh, ba- basketball or, or baseball or hockey. It's not a best of seven. you got to be this one day, one time, you got to be really good on that particular day. And, and I don't think you want the elements to, to be a, a factor in that type of a game. So, yeah, I, I, I understand why in, in the Super Bowl, and it's plus it's such a huge vacation time for football you know, fans across the country to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, you want it to be a really great experience. And I, I think they've done it the right way so far. And I, I think they had the one in New York. They got lucky with weather there. Right. <laughs> we actually but, we actually had a website, yeah. Will It Snow uh, Super Bowl? I think it's something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? Right? Back in the day for that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. J- just just thinking, though, you know, when you look at the, the Super Bowls you won, where the numbers were 9, 10, 13, and 14, right? Yeah. Now we're above 50, right? We're, we're, this has gone on, <laughs> you know. I'm not trying to date you or anything, but I remember, I mean, the Super Bowl was big when I was a kid uh, and in this era, but it wasn't the monumental thing that it is now. Did you, when you were playing back then, did you have any inkling that the Super Bowl would become this kind of mass national, even worldwide event for people to get together to celebrate American football. Was that even something that you considered when you were playing in it? No, when you're going through it, Dean, when you're going through it and, and you're participating in it, uh, it, it, I thought, you know, na- nationally, it was a big deal back then, especially our second uh, or third, uh, third and fourth Super Bowl, 13 to 14, where you're getting much more and more not only nationally here in the United States, but now you're starting to get worldwide coverage on it. And it was starting to happen. And you can see where this thing was going to get bigger and bigger. And again, it is, it is not a best of seven. That's why it's so monumental. And that's why right. what the 30 second spots are going for $6 million to <laughs> advertise. And they're getting it and they're getting those kind of numbers because 
it is one game. And that's why players, sometimes you got to, you've been aggressive all year in all the games you've played. And sometimes you don't want to lose the Super Bowl rather than go out there and try to win it. So you got to fight that kind of thing emotionally as well. So, uh, you know, somehow the NFL has got it right. It's a, it's the most watched sporting event out there and it's a, it's a big deal. And it's in, I'm sure down the road, you know, you end up getting bigger and bigger. We're talking to my friend and Hall of Famer, both in the collegiate and the pro side, Mr. Jack Ham, former Penn State and Steelers linebacker extraordinaire. Could take a little break here on Everything Under the Sun when we come back. Why Jack really does love the weather and just some other thoughts about football and this um, Super Bowl that's coming up between the Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll continue our discussion with Jack Ham. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm your host, Dean DeVore, and we are so honored to be joined by Hall of Famer linebacker from the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jack Ham, talking about weather, the Super Bowl, and all those kinds of good things as we uh, roll on here, as we get ready for the Super Bowl this coming weekend and the big game. Before we talk a little bit, um, this has been a tough fall for us at Penn State. We lost uh, one of Jack's great teammates, uh, Franco Harris. And, you know, I think everybody knows how prolific a player Franco Harris was for Penn State and the Steelers situation. But I don't think as many people like us, Jack, know the man that was Franco Harris. Um, I was so glad that we I got to see him like a couple of weeks uh, before he left us uh, and got to give him a little hug. Uh, you know, he's done so much for football, for Penn State and everything. Let's talk a little bit. I know uh, I know it's been tough for you to. To, to think about the loss of your good friend, Franco. Well, you know, Dean, uh, when I heard the news, I mean, obviously, as shocked to, you know, throughout, not only the Pittsburgh area, but also nationally, because he was that type of a figure in the sports world. And, uh, you know, I met him as a freshman, an 18-year-old freshman, and uh, he was on the scout team back then. And back then, people didn't realize, but freshmen could not play on the varsity. They had right. their own... Or like it, it really, they were the scout team. They were the cannon fodder for the varsity, and so uh, we had pretty good scout team because Franco a lot of times lined up at tight end uh, across from me as being oh, an wow. outside linebacker, and then we had Lydell Mitchell 
in the in the backfield. So uh, if we did well against our scout team, who was pretty <laughs> darn talented, we we're going to be fine during during the game. And you could just tell both Franklin and Lydell. But uh, uh, this 225 pound uh, at that time, like I said, on the scout team, a tight end running routes downfield, and I was just amazed how getting off the line of scrimmage and how he got to high speed so quickly downfield, tried running these tight end takeoffs against me and whatever. And I thought, you know what? You don't have to be the smartest coach in the world to realize he's going to be one heck of a football player for us. But uh, the thing that uh, for me with Franco was the fact he never changed from that young man at 18 years old to the day he died. He was a guy who cared about people. Yep. And he he took the Joe Paternoism to heart, and he's he, you know he wasn't he didn't think he was bigger than life because he was such an outstanding football player. He was very always that unassuming guy would have take time out for people. I hear stories about so many people here who met him just you know on a on an airplane or or at the airport going to a gate or downtown Pittsburgh or whatever it case. Yeah, I do autograph sessions with him and he would take time out with each person to take, you know, to talk about whatever that that, that person was important to them. And he was just that that type of a guy. He never, ever changed. And then uh, the, the notoriety and, and the honors he had gotten as a football player, it, it really, truly pales by comparison to what kind of a, young, a man he was and uh, how he was. He just honestly, it, it, it was not his shtick, nope. but he, how he cared about people yeah it it was his virtue and he kept that virtue from day one and i admire that i mean i find myself trying to find my virtue and and bring it to the forefront um what i know i am but he seemed to have that uh, figured out from jump street and never looked back with it and i think that's uh why uh those of us that got to know him were so respectful yes sir yeah well one other thing joe paterno always told his, his players, you know, just because you play football doesn't make you bigger in life. In college, that's just another extracurricular activity, except for the fact yours is on Saturday afternoon in front of 50 or 60,000 people. But don't get wrapped up in all of that. Football is going to be just a part of your life. And Franco, I think, took that to heart as well. And he was, he was you know, I, I think meeting people in, 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 uh, in, in the public was kind of his oxygen. He just enjoyed that so much and finding out different different people, what they thought about different things. Yeah. And he was just it was honest. That was just the, the way he was. That's in yeah. his DNA. Yeah. And that's the way I think we were uh, for a long time. The, just could have honest discussion. And he was still a breath of fresh air when it seems like sometimes honest discussion went by the wayside. Let's have a little honest discussion about this upcoming Super Bowl. A lot of great storylines. The Kelsey brother angle. Uh, of course, Andy Reid having coached the Eagles and now back uh, coaching Kansas City. And of course, we're all excited at Penn State. Miles Sanders uh, playing for the Eagles. Um, this is going to be a fun Super Bowl, I think. Uh, have you thought about it a little bit? Have you have any thoughts about what to expect coming up on Sunday? Well, I, I really have, and I, I go back, and, I, and I'm a marvel at the, the Kansas City team, team and, and what uh, Mahomes is able to do, especially in the last game, coming back with an injury, and still, you know, his presence out in the field, making the plays he needs to make, getting the ball to his tight end. You know, I'm, a, I'm an ex-linebacker, and I marvel at the fact how Kelsey is able to work himself open, smart route runner downfield, That'll be a challenge for those inside linebackers for the Eagles on, on defense. 
But you know, Dean, I'm old school. I hmm. said, you know, you don't win with those marquee players. You win with that offensive line. Yep. You win with the defensive line. And I'm, I'm, I can tell you from experience. I played with an outstanding defensive line at Penn State with Reed and Ebersole and, and Smear in front of me. And then I, I transitioned to Pittsburgh where I had Joe Green and L.C. <laughs> Greenwood and Ernst Holmes. As a linebacker, you, you just love the fact you have a great defensive line in front of you, and the, and the Eagles had that. Yep. So I'm by old school, I'm meaning that offensive line and defensive line, I think, are better, and I just think that the Eagles will end up winning this football game and uh, because of that, because of the strength they have in both lines up front on, on both sides of the ball. Now, you know, I grew up on the eastern side of the state, so I'm uh, I'm all for that uh, uh, situation. Uh, you know, I, I love the Steelers, but I mean, when it comes down to it, I do uh, have a lot more green in my blood there when it comes to that side. But uh, interesting. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's it, it's to me, if I wasn't uh, a fan of the Eagles, uh, I would be interested in the Super Bowl just because of uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a really good contest. Um, my last question for you, Jack Ham, is why do you love the weather so much? As as we've gone <laughs> as we've gone through the years, fans. Um, now I do. I've been doing the PA at Penn State for about twenty three years. Gotten to know Jack. Um, he loves the blue band or marching band, and so that's how Jack. He would come into uh, the blue band used to do a pregame concert. And before he had to start hosting the radio pregame, he would come in and enjoy that, that uh, the blue band sound and that, that great feel of college football. But he also would talk to me about the weather and getting the, 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 the latest forecast from AccuWeather. Why do you like the weather? What, what's, what's interesting about the weather to you? Well, I, in my, my 23 years now with uh, Steve and Roger and the entire crew, uh, it, it is, you know, I kind of, I kind of morphed into the, you know, pseudo the weather roll. Yes. We, we forced you to be that the guy that gave the forecast, right? And yes. And so I think with Roger and, and Steve, I think that's the only job they gave me that they felt comfortable that I could handle. <laughs> so that, that is why I have the weather forecast always right, be, right before the game. But, uh, you know, we've talked so much about the weather earlier here in the podcast, but it's how important it is. And truly it is important. And actually uh, I, I talked again with Steve before the game, right before the kickoff, whatever. And you, you, you see the wind at Beaver stadium or whatever on the way, way games as well. And that's what you worried about for a guy like Clifford last year, you worried about how the, where, how the wind was going to be a factor in the game like that. So, you know, football is the only sport where it's other than maybe golf where you're outside and then in the elements here. So everything else is in an arena. And so that that unknown is always going to be a factor. And hopefully it's to your advantage and it's throughout the course of the game. But uh, I, I can always remember with the wind, uh, we end up dropping a kickoff return because we weren't up close enough. You know, they were on the goal line. Well, the ball wasn't going to the goal line. Right. But it paid attention in pregame warmups out there in the wind, whatever the ball bounces around the 15 yard line ends up being recovered. That happened a, a long time ago, but those are the small little things that the, the weather can, can in fact be a factor in the game. And you got to make sure it's, a, it's, a, it's a plus side on, on you for your football team. So I, I'm always concerned about that. You, you always worry before the game, whether I played or broadcast about how, how it's going to affect your football team. So always been interested in it. And plus well, the fact we had a lot of rain when I grew up in Johnson, as you well know. So anytime yeah. it rains, 
ever. We're, we get, we, we go to the hills. Yeah. <laughs> get up, get up high because uh, we don't want another flood. But yeah, I mean, if you've never been to Johnstown, it is, it is amazing thing to see, you know, the two historic floods they've got, to, but, but just to see why that happens. And it's very apparent once you're in Johnstown, why that happens the way everything funnels down uh, into the city itself. Jack, this was awesome. You know, like I said, I'm very uh, proud and honored that uh, one of my childhood heroes and, and heroes of my youth has become a friend. And I certainly enjoy working with you. And thanks so much for doing this. This was awesome today. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. This is fun. Just chat. This is like being at a bar talking about sports. Right? Yeah, this we well, so we, we used to do that. Remember with you, me, Harry Callis, <laughs> when you were doing oh, Westwood God. One games and we would go sing songs <laughs> with our friend Harry Callis uh, uh, at one of the yeah. bars downtown <laughs> here in State College on a Friday night before a game. Those were fun days. We could do a podcast on on Harry Callis. For yeah, there you time. go. <laughs> Hammer, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, my You're friend. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dean. Take care. And friends, we thank you for joining us and listening as we wrap up this week's episode. Looking ahead next week, uh, I've just been reading about how much of an early start we're getting in parts of the country, especially the southeast, in terms of leaves being out early and plants blooming. I know here in Pennsylvania, at AccuWeather headquarters near my house, I'm already seeing about two or three inches of daffodil growth here because of the mild winter. So we'll talk about some early season strategies for gardening as you start thinking about getting ready for gardening, maybe starting some seeds, getting the ground ready, what fertilizing and things you could be doing this time of year. Well, that discussion next week, we'll also be talking about a study that talks about being able to control lightning with lasers, kind of uh, extending the way a lightning rod works with lasers, especially when you're talking about high target uh, situations like an, an a mall or a, a sporting event, those kinds of things when you're trying to protect people. An interesting study. We'll touch on that next week as well. For all of our hundreds of team members who work hard every day to weatherproof your life. You can get our action and our work on our great AccuWeather apps, both on the Android side and also the Apple Store side. You can also check us out on AccuWeather.com, including our feed of AccuWeather Now, which is the AccuWeather Network feed on AccuWeather.com. And hopefully that you get the AccuWeather Network wherever you are watching television. And then also with our great media network partners, including all those great radio stations that I am so fortunate to be part of. For my executive production team of Ken Prell and Andrew Robb and all of our hundreds of team members. We thank Jack Ham and we thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next week with everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review everything under the sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.